imagine 393 days of frustration and on the 900 394th day of nhl existence the carolina hurricanes have won the stanley cup welcome to home ice advantage with historical perspectives modern day deep dives special guests and a healthy mix of good bad and or hot takes this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home I just want to say thank you and I'm looking forward to this challenge it's an honor and I think we're gonna do great things welcome to home ice advantage this is your Saturday episode and because this week has been late, it's on a Sunday. No real excuse. Life happens. Hopefully we'll be back on track by Wednesday. We have a lot of different storylines we could choose from to start today's episode. We could go with Martin Natchez, deciding that he is the only player on the roster who gets to call game going forward. Getting his second overtime winning goal in just two games. In fact, that is a feat that no other player in franchise history, not just Hurricanes history, we're not just going back to 97 here, we're going all the way back from when the WHA folded and the New England Railers became the Horford Railers. No one since then has scored two OT winners in a row. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. We could also touch on the scoring race between Andrei Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, and Martin Natchez, which heated up in a great way against San Jose. But, you know what? I think we'll touch on that later. I think we're gonna, where we're going to start is practice on Saturday at Invisalign Arena. I, I've been to quite a few of these at this point. And I don't know if I've ever seen that many fans inside of Invisalign Arena. So for those who maybe aren't local or just don't know, the Carolina Hurricanes the hockey club, hopefully you've heard of them, <laughs> practice at Invisalign Arena in Morrisville. Uh, it's a new facility. I want to say it's its second season. It might be its third season. But it's it's a relatively new facility. And every once in a while, the Canes don't hold a closed practice at the PNC Arena. They hold an open practice, an Invisalign Arena. And all the fans are welcome to come and watch the team practice. And normally you get, I don't know, anywhere from like 100 to 200 people. I did not count. I want to put that out there. But if the team was like, hey, there was like a thousand people there, I wouldn't be shocked. There was a ton of Canes fans and Invisalign Arena today to watch the team practice. And if you were there, nice job, wow. If you weren't there and you have the free time, I mean, it's not, it's not just one day, guys. Like, it's not, if you're busy every Saturday, it's not always going to be on a Saturday. They change up the time. Well, no, it's almost always at noon. But they change up the days of the week. So keep your eye on it. The Hurricanes are pretty good about posting it when they're going to do it. And if you ever can make a practice, go ahead and stop by. I guarantee you, you would be able to say hi to people like Hannah Yates, Mike Maniscalco, or even Walter Ruff, who are at almost every one of them. But moving on from just you guys being incredible fans and showing up to practice, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Mr. Jacob Slavin. He hasn't played for three games now? Same amount since uh, Max Pacioretty was injured. And honestly, we don't know what happened. All the team has released is that it was a lower body injury. 
When Rod is asked about it, well, it's nothing major. We'll figure it out. Everything will be fine. We're not going to rush him back in. We want to be cautious. All, all correct things, by the way. The team in no way needs to rush him out. You're forcing the Metro. Still second in the league. Throwing Jacob Slavin back in the game before he's ready gets you nothing. So, here's the thing. We're at practice. Is Jacob Slavin there? Yes. Yes, he is. In fact, this is his second practice. He practiced before the San Jose game, but didn't play in San Jose. Whatever. Okay, he's at practice. That's a great sign. But does he have a full workload? Because if he doesn't have a full workload, then, you know, I mean, it's nice he's at practice getting the reps in, but it doesn't really matter. Oh, he in fact does have a full workload. Okay, okay, so he has a full workload, and that's good. That's stress test, guys. But is he playing well? Is he? Does he look good? Is, he, is his ones and twos connecting to make threes? Well, yes, Jacob Slavin looked mighty good in practice. And honestly, there's no footage of this. I'm sorry, you're just going to have to take my word for it. Here's the question. Will Jacob Slavin play tonight against the Boston Bruins? Real answer, no idea. Uh, I would say I'm 70-30 in favor of him playing tonight. It's kind of a gut feeling thing. He did look really good in practice. He's practiced twice now. Things are looking up. I do think, whether they'll admit it or not, the Hurricanes want to be Boston. And not just like a, of course, you want to win every game type of thing. No, they want to be Boston because they're Boston, and we do not like Boston. I would even upgrade this and say, we hate Boston. Okay? If there was a franchise that we could pick to just, like, disappear... It would be the Boston Bruins, but I'm not going to go too far down that road. But you're telling me that Rod the Bod Brindamore, who's been eliminated by the Boston Bruins multiple times, doesn't want to beat Boston, or they think they're number one in the league? Well, guess what? You'll lose to us. And the chances of winning that game are much higher with Jacob Slavin than without Jacob Slavin. And if Jacob Slavin, and I realize practice is not like full NHL game level, but if Jacob Slavin is able to go through a full practice, in fact, multiple full practices, and he looks good, well, let's see what happens in morning skate. So, again, 70-30 that he will play. We'll have to wait until tomorrow morning. I guess today, during morning skate. Keep your eyes on Twitter. And everything else was... Whatever. Practice was cool. You got uh, We got season players. Rod Brindamore focused on uh, the power play two unit, not power play one. So, what, Kakanyemi, Jarvis, Svechikov. I'm forgetting who's on our PP2. Could be 100% honest with you. Uh, I want to say it doesn't matter. Yeah, the people on our power play two unit. I'm, I'm recording this at 2 a.m. on Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm not going to look it up. So that's great. But, before we talk more about Boston, and trust me, we will talk more about Boston at the end, I want to touch on a couple of different things. Thing one, the Carolina Hurricanes were able to snatch victories out of the jaws of defeat. On Friday, the Hurricanes just played a, a poor game. I don't have a better way to describe this. It was a poor game. That first period might have been the worst first period of the season. The second period 
wasn't really much better. I mean, it was better, don't get me wrong, but like, when you're comparing it to, I don't want to say utter garbage, but like, garbage. <laughs> um, it's easy to improve on that. And in the third period, honestly, they, they played a lot, lot better. It still wasn't up to, like, hurricane standards. That's not... We didn't play as if we were a cup contender. We played as if, like, we were an average hockey team. But San Jose's bad, so it looked good. And, unfortunately, uh, we we weren't doing too well. If you are, I don't know, a saneness or whatever, and you want to go back and relive the pain, the Sharks score first, um... It was unfortunate. It's definitely not great. With like 4 minutes and 50 seconds-ish. Don't quote me on that, but around that time. In the fourth period. And things aren't amazing. That's not great. That's not what you wanted. But also, they're not playing well. So it's kind of expected. Luckily, Calvin DeHaan is like, Hey guys, I hear all these other defenders are scoring a lot right now. I just want to remind everyone I'm still here. And he ties the game at 1. It's a good time. Mr. Calvin DeHaan, who would have guessed it? We go into the second period, tied at one. And again, the the team doesn't play particularly well. Um, Auntie Ranta made a couple, um, not a couple, a handful, maybe two handfuls of good saves. Because he was, he was left out to dry at moments. But again, the second period wasn't much better than the first. Luckily, Ranta was there. It's still a 1-1 game. We also should not overlook former Hurricane, former Maple Leaf, former multiple teams, including San Jose Sharks. James Rymore played a, a, a great game. A great game. Okay? He tried his best to beat the Hurricanes, and unfortunately, he plays for San Jose. So, you know, sometimes a goalie can do everything they have in them, and they're not going to win because the team on the ice in front of them just isn't good enough. And that's unfortunately what happened to Rymore. But we're not getting there yet. So, nothing happens of any real value in the second period. We go to the third period, and Sebastian Ajo, guys, scores on the power play. And, like, I don't know, it's kind of like a, what, goal? Every once in a while you'll be watching, and you you can anticipate the goal's going to happen. You see the open space, you see the lane, you see them, like, have the ability to take the shot. You see it. This isn't one of those. <laughs> Aho and Nason are traveling into the zone. Nason, actually, well, Aho brings it in. Nason comes up on his right side. Aho passes to Nason. Aho gets free. Nason passes back to Aho, who just taps it five hole. And on James Reimer, Kane's lead 2 nothing. I'm sorry, 2 1. Pretty good time. Power play goal. We take those. We don't get them often, okay? <laughs> This is this is actually the epitome of a Hurricanes power play goal, because it's kind of a whatever goal. You know what I mean? Like that. It's impressive that Sebastian could do it, but ninety nine of a hundred times that puck's not going to go in, and that's basically the only type of goals we get on our power play. It's like, well, every once in a while you're going to get a bounce. Anyways, uh, you know. It was the first 17 seconds of the third period. Uh, Ajo makes a 2-1 game, and we're feeling great. And then, and this is where it becomes complicated. The Shulk scored two unanswered goals. We're not going to get into it. It sucks. I don't care. It's whatever. And pff, we get down to the final minutes of the game. 
Rod Brindamore decides to pull on Toronto, which obviously he should. Down one goal. Carolina can come back from this. World Cup contender. We can come back from this. And then, uh, guys, and this this was painful watching. This was painful. Fiora gets a clear look right in front of his net. There's no one in front of him. And just shoots a straight bullet. Like, it's one of the straightest puck movements I've ever seen. Almost the complete 200 feet into the empty net. San Jose is up 4-2 to two with just under two minutes in the game. Now, I personally was raised by, um, there's a lot of hockey left people. And if you don't know what I mean by that, no matter what, what is happening in the game, it could be 8-0 to zero with like five minutes left in the game. A lot of hockey left. A lot of hockey left. Anything can happen. A lot of hockey left. It, it doesn't matter the situation. It could it can be a one two game. A lot of hockey left, and that that makes a lot of sense. But again, it can be an eight nothing game. Well, you know, they could score eight goals in three minutes. Like theoretically, it's possible. A lot of hockey left. It's not going to happen, but a lot of hockey left. And the game is four two, and there's a lot of hockey left. <laughs> But fans, after the empty net goal is scored, at least in the building, decide, I've seen enough. Traffic's going to be a pain. It's a Friday night. I can go do other things. I don't have to watch my team lose. I'm going to go ahead and head out of here. And they start walking up the stairs. They get to the concourse. And hey, guess what? Sebastian Ajo decides... That he doesn't want you to leave. In fact, Luke DeCock wrote a great article about this for the News and Observer. It's every once in a while you read a line, you're just like, wow, that was really well put. And the basic way Luke describes it, Luke DeCock, Rally News and Observer, support your local media outlets. Anyways, Luke, the way Luke DeCock describes it is players on the bench and their head coach and their assistant coach see the fans making a mass Exodus. Leaving their seats and climbing up the stairs inside a PNC arena to get to the concourse and eventually leave. They're watching their fans lose faith in them and walk up the stairs as their names and numbers are on their back. And how do the Hurricanes respond? Do they give up? I mean, there's less than two minutes in the game. You expect them to score two goals? That's absurd. It's not going to happen. Except Sebastian Ajo decides, wait a minute here. Shit, guys, guys, guys. We're, like, really good at hockey. So, <laughs> he scores. Him, and get this. I know this ha it's so rare. Who, who would ever think Sebastian Ajo and Torbo, Mr. Tara Vinen, Mr. I'll give you a smoke but not a smile, connect... And Ajo makes it a 3-4 game. Again, a lot of hockey left. But it's not a tied game. Like, the Hurricanes are still losing. And now there's only about 90 seconds left in the game. Maybe a little bit more. About 90 seconds left in the game. What are we going to do here? We got 90 seconds to score a goal. Chances are still low that they can do it. Let alone pull out a win. Well, 
Here was something interesting. I told you we would come back to this. Coming into tonight's game, the scoring race for the Hurricanes, like most goals, was very close. Martin Natchez had 19. He was tied with Andre Svechnikov for the most on the team, who also had 19. Sebastian Ajo, who has been playing with his pants on fire lately. I don't know what this new gear Ajo found is, but I like it. It should become default. <laughs> He's been incredible. He had 18 goals. When he scored the power play goal 17 seconds into the period, he tied Natchez and Svechnikov at 19. When he scores to make it a 3-4 game, he breaks it and goes to 20. He is now the sole leader for goals on the Carolina Hurricanes. Un undisputed. Undisputed with his 20 goals. Forced Canes uh, forward to reach 20 goals this season, by the way. Not the point, though. And then, again, 90 seconds left in the game, everyone. 90 seconds left in the game. Andre Svechnikov and Martin Natchez are on the ice. And I don't think they love that Ajo is trying to take their scoring title from them. They're not fans. I mean, of Ajo, sure. But that's their scoring title, right? Svechnikov takes a shot, doesn't quite get to where it needs to get. James Rymor, again, playing very well. Unfortunately, for Mr. Rymor. For James, if I may. Martin Natchez was standing on the left side of the goal in perfect position for a rebound. And with 12 seconds left on the clock, he ties the game at four. Back to Burns. He hammers it, deflected off the end board. Svechnikov with it. 13 seconds left. On front. They score! Marty Natchez, the man of the moment again, ties it at four. Carolina with the comeback. So there you have it. Martin Ages was like, yo, my scoring title, sir. No thank you, Ajo. We, we can be tied, but you're not taking this from me. Do you know the season I'm having? I was supposed to be an all-star this year. And you're going to try to take the scoring title from me? Why can't I have anything nice? We go to overtime. And I'll tell you something. I thought Andrei Svechnikov would score the OT runner. Because it would be a great story <laughs> that... Ajo takes the scoring title, and then immediately, Natchez and Svechikov are like, nah, bro, nah, bro, I'm sorry, you, you, you're new to this party, we've been doing this all year, you need to get out of here. But no, I was wrong. Because, the same man we just spoke of, the man who should have been an all-star, Martin Natchez, scores in overtime, just 55 seconds into overtime, assisted by Mr. Svechnikov to now become the sole owner of this season's scoring title for the Hurricanes at 21. It's, it's just a good time, boys, girls, all the in-betweeners. It's a great time. Hurricanes win 5-4 in overtime. And it all happened because of three goals scored in less than two minutes of each other. That's Hurricanes hockey. That's excitement. That's a great time. I do want to 
touch on uh, one one last thing now that I've told this whole story. And uh, I'm sorry if I went on a little bit too much, but watching that game, I was thinking about the scoring race and then for Sebastian to tie it and then break it so he's the sole holder and then Natchez to tie it and then take it back. It was that was really exciting to me. That was the storyline of the game for me. But for some people, the storyline of the game ended up being that they left early. And when I say for some people, I mean the players, <laughs> the coach, everyone. Well, not everyone. Well, some fans were not happy that some people decided to give up on their team down by two with just two minutes left in the third period. And I know what you're saying. Colin, Colin, hey, 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 we don't need your judgment. And you're right. You don't need my judgment. It's your money. You can do whatever you want. But I believe Martin Natchez would like a word because he said, you can't leave early. Don't leave early. It's like a movie. And head coach, Rod Brindamore, you know, he has his two cents to say. Hopefully they didn't get out of the building, because I saw a mass ex exodus there. I just said that word like five minutes ago. Anyways. And then, all of a sudden, it was a great finish. And for those of you who don't know, say you're, you know, the team's down by two. Aw, shucks. Let's get out of here. And you walk up the stairs with your family, you throw away, you empty whatever you were drinking... You walk outside, literally just take one step out the threshold. Sebastian Alho scores, makes it a 3-4 game. You're like, oh my god, we need to get back in there. Well, that sucks. That's not how that works. You left, you're gone, have a good night, and enjoy traffic. And then you have to listen to the rest of the game <laughs> on, what, 99.9 .9, The Fan? It's not the same. You were at the game. You were in the building. Whatever. I do have this little thing to add. Listen, if you want to leave a game early, that is fully within your right. I am not going to tell you you can't do that. It, I mean, it's your money. You paid for the ticket. You can do whatever you want with the ticket. It's your choice. But if you leave early and then the team decides to talk about how you left early, you, sorry, don't have a right to be upset. The team and its players have full right to be like, <laughs> imagine leaving early and then we do that. That's fine. They get to do that. Let's not act like they were being goons or anything. But, talking about goons, and to be fair, I, I, I shouldn't say this, but Boston. Who foresaw Boston being... Mm, excuse me. Mm, excuse me. This... This... Good. Mm. Ooh, I'm sorry. However... Painful it is for you to hear that the Boston Bruins are a good oof. I I promise you, it's it's worse for me to say. You can hear me gagging. You don't you don't you as a Hurricanes fan don't love to see it. You just don't. Listen, if Boston could go zero and eighty two, I'd be fine with it. You know what? That's not even. They could go zero forty one and forty one. Let them get their forty one loser points. That's it. That's all they deserve. And they have been way better than anyone would have ever expected this offseason. In fact, I didn't think Boston was going to make the postseason at the beginning of this season. Well, not the beginning, but before the season started. 
that's how off I was. And hey, I wasn't alone. There was a ton of people who assumed they would struggle. And, you know, you know, it's the last ride, guys. And that little bit of magic, that little bit of last ride magic of this group has been able to carry them to a historic season. They were the fastest team to ever reach 80 points in the history of the National Hockey League. That's real. That's true. And I, you know, I can't dispute facts. It is painful to say that they are a better than average team. But I'm not going to use the G word. I just don't want to have a mess. So, the Hurricanes play Boston tonight. The day you're hearing this, this will be released on Sunday. What's going to happen? Honestly, I fully expect the Hurricanes to win this game. Now, I expect the Hurricanes to win every game they play. Because they are good enough to do that. I'm not saying they have to go 82-0. But they have a chance to win the game every single time the puck is dropped at center ice. Now, I'm not just some, you know, wearing rose-colored glasses fans to say that Carolina should beat Boston tonight. I have a couple of reasons here. The first one being, I don't like Boston. Just get that one right off the top. Don't like Boston. <laughs> that is the rose-colored glasses angle on that. Thing two, Boston has lost the last two games. Thank you to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. You know that team that's becoming the laughing stock of the league because they went from President's Trophy winning team to they're not even in a playoff position? They're like six points out of a wild card at this point? They beat Boston. So, Boston's coming into tonight's game losing two games in a row for the first time this season. Could Carolina make it three? Yeah, I think they will. And that's not all, folks. There's more. I am like what's-his-face from that one thing. People of a certain age get it. <laughs> OxyClean? No? You don't know what OxyClean is? I've misjudged the age of my argument. Anyways, another small aspect of the storylines coming into tonight. Boston hasn't won a game in PNC Arena since May of 2019. Guys, that's pre-COVID. Do you understand what I just said? Let me repeat it. I know I can talk fast. Speech impediment doesn't help. Sometimes my words get slurred. So, the Boston Bruins, who are based out of Boston, Massachusetts, the Bees, whatever you want to call them, the Cracked Out Bears, again, you call them whatever you want, that garbage team from Massachusetts, although that doesn't really narrow it down have not won a game inside of PNC Arena or the RBC Center, the Raleigh Entertainment and Sports Arena, the Centennial Center, whatever you want to call it, choose a name from its history. Boston still hasn't won there since 2019. And I know what you're saying, but Colin, they, uh, they eliminated us from the playoffs in 2020. Are you stupid? And normally, yes. But not about this. Because the last time Boston beat us on a so-called home game was in the bubble. 
And since then, Boston has not... Well, Boston hasn't beat us at home, I should say. So, it's a very true thing, and I'm, I'm too happy about this, guys, that Boston hasn't beat us since May of 2019. Now, Jacob Slavin coming back. Yes. Boston on a two-game losing streak. Yes. Boston not beating us inside of PNC Arena for almost four years. Guys, May is not that far away. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? May is not that far away. Boston has not beat us in the post-COVID era inside of our building. And I don't foresee that ending tonight. I do foresee Andreas Svechnikov having a big night. I think he wants to get back in the scoring race. He, there's no way he's going to leave it to Aho Natchez. I think Aho will continue to play as if they were shooting him with adrenaline right before he steps on the ice every shift. Because that's how he's been playing. I think Chaffield's going to continue to play well. I think with Jacob Slavin back, Brett Bournes will have the confidence to be more offensive, which he is doing better with. He's, he's, I, at the beginning of the season, I, I don't want to say criticized, but I was alarmed by Bournes' play with Slavin. It's obvious that he just wasn't used to being able to trust his line mate. And as time has gone on, get this, they've become more comfortable with each other. So some positive things there. I also think that Freddie... Oh, I don't think... I pretty much know that Freddie Anderson will start against Boston. For all of you concerned that he was injured, yeah, he, so he left that game early. Whatever. And then, Don Waddell literally said, he's fine. Like, that's the quote. He's fine. Auntie Ranta played against San Jose. Fully expect Anderson to start tonight. Fully expect the Hurricanes to win. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. I'm not going to say it's going to be 8-0, because that would be insane. But, a nice OT win, I'll take. A 2-1 win, I'll take. A 1-0 shutout in the Hurricanes' favor, I'll take it. I'll take any win over Boston, and I think we can do it, and I have some storylines to back me up. As always, thank you for listening to Home Ice Advantage. I have been your host, Colin. Please, share this with your friends. If they don't like hockey, introduce them to hockey. Then show them this podcast. If they do like hockey and they haven't heard of me, send them every episode I've ever released. There's 110 of them. They ain't got time to listen. Please, rate us five stars, best friends. I will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. And if you can't wait that long, you can always follow me on Twitter, at Colin Home Ice. Go Kings.